Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keani, uh, from Hawaii. From God, what club was that? I always forget the club in Vegas. Not the Tropicana. The uh, I don't know. It's the Red Pyramid thing. Um, not far from the Strip. Patrick Keani. God, what memories. You know, if nothing else, and my buddies always tell me this, because, you know, I'm like, man, I don't have a house at this age, um, and I don't feel good about it. I've got such an apartment complex. Uh, but they say, man, you've lived. <laughs> you've lived, man. And you've got stories, you know. And, uh, and it's not always like someone's like, what's the craziest story? It's the craziest story. They aren't crazy. They're just weird and random, you know, sitting next to a guy on... A Greyhound bus who had half a hand. I don't know if he's the same guy that bought two for one fillet of fish sandwiches at one of the rest stops where he went in to McDonald's and wanted to give me one of the fillet of fish sandwiches, and he insisted that I take. He's like, "Take the fillet of fish, man." I'm like, "I don't, I don't want the fillet of fish. I'm not hungry, or I, if I am, I'm not eating that. I don't think I've eaten there in forever, except the breakfast. Come on, and maybe some iced coffee. But uh, yeah, I don't." But he, I finally, I was like, all right, I'll take the filet of fish. We stopped, and, you know, who knows how much of that uh, budget of his was taken by the two-for-one filet of fish deal. But uh, he insisted I have it. Take the filet of fish, man. Like I was being poisoned or something. But uh, you meet some interesting characters on Greyhound, and it helps that you're a guy. It really helps that you're a guy on these uh, Greyhounds. And... On the blue ones, uh, Megabus, you know, you don't want to get... Because I've been on some all-nighters, man. And I just can't imagine... There was one young girl. I don't know if she was a runaway or what. But she was in the... She had the aisle seat and I had the window seat. And she had... You know, I got in there. I'm sitting on the Greyhound. I don't know where we were going. I think it was one of the many um, Chicago to Cincinnati runs that goes through Indy. I think it was that. And I think she spotted me. And she's like, okay, I'm getting next to that guy. You could kind of see young, well, girls or women or young women of all ages, but they'd kind of check out, like, who am I least likely to get murdered and raped by? And boy, did she pick the wrong guy. Kidding. Uh, she sat next to me, and we were we were heading out, and she's a young cutie. And I don't know, I wasn't sleeping on that all-nighter for some reason, but uh, she was like, her head was bobbing. And, man, the coyotes were drooling. There was a couple of guys, like, checking her out. And I was like, you better get on that. I was like, I'm not going to sleep. You better get on this uh, window side and use that as a rest for your head. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah get over there. And plus, not to mention, we got freaking savage, you know, buzzards here. Well, what are they going to do, rape her in her sleep on a greyhound? Where did this pot? Where, what? What happened? What happened here? Um, oh, the sleepiest 30 minutes. Is that where it went? Anyway, uh, some, some interesting experiences is what, is what it comes down to. So even though the content and the voice is boring, the experiences were good. And if I could tell a freaking story, I'd have a career in comedy, uh, as a performer, or maybe you've written a book by now, maybe I'll call it Greyhound, but I also don't want to condescend because Greyhound is some people's only way. I don't want to be like, huh, you know, look at me from upper middle class delving down and just giving it a taste like goodwill hunting when she went to harvard but she was sleeping with supposedly poor white slumming it you know i wasn't doing that because my salary bracket indicates that uh i was right there with him 
So I don't I don't want it to be like racial. I don't want it to be socioeconomic. Um, I wanted to, I, you know, I, I wish that McDonald's or, or some of these places did something like, hey, Greyhound passengers, you get a free burger. I don't, I don't know, something to help the poor. My God, in this world, we're in this country, especially that we brag about having so much money. Um, can somebody at the bottom get a table dance, right? But there are some funny things about Greyhound. So it's like care for them, but also joke about them. We can do both, right? You politically correct people with your attempt to control language. Um, look, I was the only one riding Greyhound that wasn't wearing sweatpants. You know, people wearing pajamas on that damn thing with their pillows and such. Um, you know, if you have to do, go number two on a Greyhound, four-ply. It's a minimum four-ply. Like, you put four toilet seat covers down. And like one one night, I was like, "Oh man, can't we just get can't we just get to Des Moines?" And uh, I just I was like, "I I gotta go, I gotta go." But it's the middle of the night, so nobody's in there. And you just go back there, and I four plied it, four layers of toilet <laughs> toilet seat cover, and you sit down, and it's such it's like it's like a pillow because you've put so many down. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. It's you know I'm four ply away from the metal railing here, steel metal." Let it fly. Let it fly, boy. Let it fly. And uh, and it's just like, okay, I think I'm safe. Uh, so I'm trying to get back on track. It's interesting that I'm doing the, one of these on a Sunday night, finally. That's the goal, is to do it on Sunday night and have a, a late night Sunday release or Monday morning. I hope to stay on this track. But with this kind of um, streaming way of existence, I don't know how important it is. Okay, uh, yeah, so... I have trying to get back on track. I, I don't know if I've ever been on track in my life, so I don't know what I'd be getting back on. Okay, maybe I want off the track. It's so funny, all of our expressions, and, you know, we say, don't be afraid to go off the beaten path. Hey, but be sure to stay on track. Well, which is it? So you can get off the path, but not the track? Because the track seems more artificial and permanent. The path is human-made. So it seems like the path was created by people who went off the path. So it seems like staying on the path would be kind of the alt version, and staying on track would be would be like your program 1984. Dystopia, George Orwell. Um, speaking of that, Orange County. Um in Orange County, we replace nature with concrete and manicured lawns, and then we carve a path because some piece of land was overproduced. And so we took out, like, logic and sensibility, and people just find a way, a shorter route. You know, like you see malls and shopping centers, schools, parking structures, medical facilities, whatever, and you just see a little trail through the bushes, and it's like, okay. Okay, so we'd spend all this money on these bushes, and someone just walked right through it and has a little trail now. But you got to follow the natural, you know, the salt trails, right? The cows crossing America east to west. Um, you know, people, animals, we're all animals. They, we just end up paving the path um, of, uh, I guess, efficiency, convenience, whatever works, survival, right? Anyway, are you asleep yet? Are you sleeping? We are uh, we're a seven eight minutes in now, so you should be asleep. We're about a quarter of the way through the podcast. I uh, did a show last night. There was a um, 
air traffic controller sit in front row. I, it's so funny. Afterwards, he wanted to talk comedy. I wanted to talk air traffic control. I just, I, I just hold those people in such high esteem and pilots. I, I just, you know, getting everybody to where they need to be, getting them home safe. I'm all, man, I got to talk. And he's like, man, he was trying to get away from me. He's like, you're good, man. You're good. You're safe. He's like, it's, and he's pointing outside the window to the street, out, right by the club. He's like, you're, it's more dangerous out there than it is in the air. You're good, man. You're good. And just a happy, great guy with his wife. Just like, how do you, what, how do you be so happy? You know, you're just the two of you and you guys are happy. Um, so yeah shows last night shows all weekend back on track sunday sunday monday release we'll see um you need to be on track first in order to get back on track right what it's like one time lachlan patterson and i were in erie pennsylvania erie pa not lake erie erie pa e-r-i-e um but does lake erie extend i guess it does yeah it extends obviously it extends to pennsylvania yeah that's cleveland all that stuff toledo does Detroit River come off? Uh, Erie, Pennsylvania is the home of Fred Bolitnikoff, the famous receiver for the Oakland Raiders in the 60s and 70s. A little white guy. It's funny that his name sounds like that of a ballet dancer because that's what he was on the football field as a receiver. Number 25, one bar face mask. Him and Joe Theismann, one bar. Just so gritty, but specific route runner. Had hands that were great, but also did the stick em. He was just like a magician pirate. He was just crazy. Number 25, long hair, mustache, Bolitnikoff, right? Fascinating. Anyway, we're in Erie, Pennsylvania, and a lady comes up to us after one of the shows, and she says this. You guys don't do enough jokes about coupons. And she walked out. She walked away. She just walked off. She was by herself. And it's one of those things where you don't possibly know how to respond to it. You just have to take in the moment. You're like, I- I'm not prepared. It's like when you're arguing with someone who's really dumb or really wrong. Um, and you're like, I don't even know where to attack this from. You're, you're, you're just, you're off or you're wrong on so many levels. One, we didn't do any jokes about coupons. So the concept of not enough jokes about coupons is already inaccurate. The, what, what she could have said is, hey, how come you don't do any jokes about coupons? Or why don't you do some jokes about coupons? But she said, enough. You don't do enough jokes about coupons. Coupon, the word wasn't even in either of our acts. Okay, so that's first of all. Second of all, most comics are worried about their next joke, next gig. Don't even think about coupons, right? Nor does any other human. Because we don't live in Dayton, Ohio in the 1970s. Coupons, fax machines, writing checks, balancing a checkbook. Do any of these even exist anymore? But just the weirdest, strangest audacity. So specific to, to tell someone that they're not doing their profession correctly and then just to walk off. But also to be so specific. Like, did she only come for coupon jokes? And what other topics did she want covered that we covered? Because I hope I didn't cover anything that relates to this person. Or maybe I need to. Maybe I need to do a whole freaking section on sweepstakes. Uh, God, people are so <laughs> strange, man. Erie. In Erie, Pennsylvania. But I do love that town. I love a lot of those northern towns like that. Um, I like like the Pennsylvania, um, Ohio, New York. I like the Northeast a lot. Um, I think maybe because my primary years were there. Uh, 
and I had such a good time, a good experience. I just and, and I like that whole Canada region, old Nickelodeon programs. I could, I would love to live in Toronto, man. I feel like I could live in Toronto or Montreal, no problem, for the rest of my life. Um, so this club in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is called Juniors, had a great condo. Uh, it was brand new, which is fascinating. So clubs, when they book you, when they have you stay, either they'll put you up at a really nice hotel uh, if you're a big name or, or a headliner, big name headliner, um, or they'll give you a hotel, standard hotel, whatever, or they'll have a condo you can stay at. The condo can be gross. Many of them are gross. Like, you know, there's different people staying there every week, sheets, towels, carpet, all that stuff. And they keep it simple. It's not like they're keeping that up to date you know, the furniture and the carpet and uh, curtains and such. And just the cabin, cabinetry. Um, and just you could feel just it ages quicker. And there's and some comics get off on it, man. I, I can't. Anyway, when the club has a condo, you can go in a night or two early and stay a night or two after. It's no additional cost to them. So it's pretty great if you're passing through like I was for years. And who knows if I get back to that. Um uh, a great one was in Omaha with Colleen. She'd let you stay sometimes a whole week between gigs. Um, Dayton, Ohio had one. Wiley's Comedy Club. Um, Tampa, Side Splitters. Um, what else? Actually, Dayton had two. They had that one, and then they had the one up in the green. Yeah, that's right, north of the city there. Um, I thought it was well north of Dayton, though. Fascinating. Just fascinating, guys. So I was with Lachlan this past weekend, Saturday night in Escondido, which I think means the hideout, the hideaway city. We're almost halfway through this episode. Sleep yet? Escondido. No white person knows that. You ask people down there, you're like, what's Escondido mean? Because I have a buddy that owns the Escondite restaurant in downtown LA. It means the hideout. So I thought Escondido meant maybe the hideout or was a form of the word or something. Does any white person know any Spanish in this frickin' state or anywhere in the Southwest? I'm like, Escondido, is that Spanish? And they're like, no, no, it's the name of the town. I'm like, I know that. Like, are you that stupid? This is people, that's what they said. No, it's the name of the town. That's what it's named after. And I'm like, yeah, but what is the translation? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, people don't listen, man. They don't listen. They don't listen. They just come back at you with whatever word, like, resonates with them from your question or statement. And they try to build on it. They're like, okay, he's almost done talking, so I can talk. And who knows, maybe I've been like that for a long time. I hope not. hope I'm getting better as a full human. Okay. So it was amazing to be on stage. I uh, also did a show Friday night in Oceanside, which I thought was Carlsbad, which explains why the joke went dead. Or it was dead quiet after the joke, where I called the local area. I'm like, Carlsbad, or whatever. And it was dead quiet. I'm like, okay, where am I? And they're like, Oceanside. Even though we weren't on the side of the ocean, we were on the side of the freeway. So it should have been called freeway side am i right ladies um when things like that happen with the audience it's not always the crowd stonewalling you you know they're not voluntarily stonewalling you they just didn't respond because naturally you said the wrong thing you know it was an involved their bodies and brains didn't respond there was no involuntary they didn't know better it didn't land it but it's so interesting because comics think the crowd is blocking their words but really it's an involuntary response, right? They weren't blocking. It just didn't register. They didn't recognize the password is all. But comics get weird up there, man. can be going so well. But one little second or snafu can throw ye. Uh, by the way, if you get a chance, you got to see this comedian, Lachlan Patterson, L-A-C-H-L-A-N, Lachlan. He's Canadian and, and hilarious, and he's a Vikings fan. What that's got to do with anything? But he's just so funny and creative, like that Canadian creativity 
that openness, sweet, sharp. It could be a model if you wanted. He's like six five, I think. Looks great, surfer. Uh, has a little two year old. Had some amazing material for having the two year old boy, and just amazing relationship material. I'm going to do one joke, right, where he talks about. The, it's just such a great girl guy. Like the wife is like, you don't tell me you love me enough, and he's like, how could, what, did you forget? I tell you every week. You remember everything else I say. Like, why don't you remember that? It, it's so fun. He's like, I told you I love shrimp twelve years ago when we met. You remembered that. Uh, you remembered a conversation I had with an ex. Um, you remember some girl who there was nothing going on, but. She approached me and started talking to me after a show. You remember all the details of that, but you don't remember that I love you? It's just so funny, right? And I was dying. He's a great guy, man. So he's at his best right now. He's doing his best uh, material that I've seen him do. I've known him 20 years. Jennifer's Coffee Baby. He and I and some of the old ones, Eric Edwards and uh, Ron. uh, Why am I blanking on Ron's name? And Bobby Miyamoto, right? Kristen Herman. Um, so many, so many classics. So be sure to see uh, Lachlan Patterson. So this is episode eighty-one. We're halfway through, and I'm gonna just finish the intro now. Uh, Tim Brown was number eighty-one at Notre Dame, and with the Raiders, number eighty-one on my high school team was also a Brown. His name was Eric Brown, and uh, the next Eric Brown, I don't know what number he was. Five years after, but um. Anyway, what in the hell am I talking about? Okay, so show in San Diego, both Friday and Saturday. Different shows. Feels good. Feels right. Been a good balance, right, to be in suburbia for a while. Because that's been a nice compliment to 20 years of L.A. And I think I've grown more as a comic in six months in uh, Orange County, just getting grounded, than I have in 20 years of L.A., trying to appeal to every little type of personality, uh, type of what age range type of interest when really you've just been i've just been trying to appeal to snide little bastards um throughout that city for 20 years and i can see why i don't think seinfeld goes near la i think he'll do pop-ins at the comedy magic club but i can see why comics stay out of la it's just not a good place to gauge i've said this time and time again but there are some comics that thrive, right? Chappelle did a special in L.A. He, um, what's that club on Sunset Boulevard? Um, you know, two of my friends, Kinane and Jessnick, both, you know, got their bones in L.A. Basically, uh, they've lived all over. He one Chicago, one lived in New York, but they they thrived in L.A. I I never did as a com. I mean, I got things, but it's just. It's a city that tries to be so much and accomplishes so little in terms of identity. And when you're when the only kind of currency is fame, regardless of how you get it, then those there's no soul there. there there's no connection to uh, to comedy. How do how do you relate to that? There's you know you, you try to base a sitcom of someone in L.A. It, it, it's tough to do because you have to care about those characters, right? Um. It's different if it's, you know, what was it? Sanford and Son was L.A., Good Times was in L.A. But that was, uh, you know, people that live there, people, not people that went there for show business purposes. Um, unless you just want to cover douchebag, you know, like a Beverly Hills scenario or the Housewives or stuff like that. People you hate or love to hate and love to watch. What am I talking about? Um, 
so I think the last six months in suburbia has helped me, you know, made headway in my set, my writing, which is great because it means it was LA and it wasn't me, which means I can perform anywhere. Um, or at least be more selective about shows I can do there. You know, I can go enjoy my uh, life. Even LA, even New York, I find, is a great cross-section of people, Manhattan especially. Brooklyn's got a little uh, douchiness to it, right? Kind of the 20 to 35-year-old somethings, uh, you know, with sleeve tattoos, um, flat bill, you know white people saying, oh, I'm actually 2% Ivory Coast. You know, white people not trying to be white. It's, it's just weird, right? But I love it. I love Brooklyn, too. Um, the amount of people in show business now making a living outside of L.A. is remarkable. It gives me faith in humanity. Just, just totally weakening Hollywood. You know, it's just, you know, we talked about this with a couple of buddies Look, it's a town where people, if you're not from there, right, let's say the black, uh, Hispanic, or Asian, whatever, white, you know, you can be white from there, but it's a town that people move to for money or fame, right? There's entrepreneurship, too, and that stuff, but you don't need to go to L.A. for that. You, you know, you go to South County, you go to North L.A., you go to um, Orange County, you go to San Diego, Bay Area. So, but there is a ton of entrepreneurs that go there as well, but I'm just saying, you know, nobody goes to L.A. to open an orphanage. Nobody goes to L.A. to help. Uh, I'm going to repair some bridges. I'm going to add to the art scene. I'm going to add, add, add. It's money, fame. And so when you have a, a city of that, it can be gross. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not bitter. I love it. I'm a Dodger fan, right? I have friends there. Um, I'm there almost every other week. But I'm just being realistic about the city. And I've lived there 20 years, so something must be right about it. Um, because I love a ton of cities throughout the country and the world that I don't live in. So maybe I'm just too lazy. But uh, hopefully I can be part of this movement that does well in show business without living in L.A. Because there's ways around that. Um, so San Diego, yeah, it was fun. Two straight nights. I mean, whatever. Oceanside and then Escondido. So Escondido, Escondido. I don't know why that sounded weird the last time. Um. But it feels good. It felt good. You know, going down there over the years, as you know, since the late 70s and then back again in the mid-80s when my older brother was at that home in Santee, which was east of El Cajon, so depressing. I don't know if it was the neighborhoods were depressing or just going on a Sunday because you have two days off from school and one day was spent driving down there an hour and a half, maybe two hours with traffic, spending two, three, four hours. You can never spend long enough with your brother. Having to watch my mom say goodbye to my brother, which was brutal. That took another half hour. Watch my dad be annoyed and then drive back. And it's already dark on the way home. And you're like, oh, my God, I have school tomorrow. This blows so hard. And you're depressed by your brother. You feel guilty about any happiness they have in your own life. And so that's, how, that's what San Diego was for me for years. And my dad yelling because we'd get lost because it's such a disconnected city just like LA it's just spread out it's like San Diego's in like three different spots LA's in like 11 um how did San Diego it's a great town how did you lose two of your franchises you're the sixth largest city in America or fifth and you lost two I think you're a fifth I think I think they're the fifth behind Phoenix 
Or no, maybe they're the sixth. I think it's Phoenix four, then Philly at five, and then San Diego at six. Because I think Phoenix replaced Philly. And then Houston's still at... Wait, Houston's at four. San Diego's... Houston's at four. Phoenix is at five. San Diego's at... Where the hell's Philly? Philly's at six. San Diego's at seven. Maybe San Diego's at seven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say San Diego's at seven. Two cities didn't jump Philly at the same time, okay? And Chicago, New York, L.A., top three, which is fine. I remember when L.A. passed, uh, in 1984, L.A. passed Chicago. My dad read it in the paper. It was on a Sunday. We were at my grandma's house, and it was crazy because we were about to move out there, out here. Um, and it just, I don't know, for some reason, it just was like, wow, what a changing of the times. But Chicago's a great town. Anyway, that's what San Diego was for me. It was just a long haul, and you, and you pass Pendleton, and that always kind of depressed me. Um, and the border was kind of depressing and sad. And uh, I don't know. It was just a funk in the air. Hopefully that's been removed, though. I had friends go to school there. I love the Aztecs. They won last night. I watched the game after the shows. Um, I have friends in the military. We went down there on retreats in high school. That was good. A lot of shows over the years there. Um, beautiful great town so you know that's that's me in my head that's me in my head god what i mean after me if you listen to these anybody listening to these these episodes is going to be like why didn't you lock this guy up this guy sits in his place and records these but it's the only place i can be real we're at 25 minutes jesus christ okay um I have so much more. Wow, this is weird. Kyle Rottenhouse, I call him, uh, gets to cross state lines and just bring an AKR around and kill people. And he gets taken seriously. Like, the whole country should unify and be like, this kid's a lunatic. Lock him up forever. There, there was no cause for him doing this. He came to shoot. Let's be honest. Come on. He's raised in Wisconsin. He's doing the gun thing. Not that it matters that it was Wisconsin. It could have been California. It could have been East California. Uh, he wanted to shoot. He came to shoot. He came to use it. Come on. The idea that he's acting in self-defense is so disgusting and embarrassing. Just come clean. Come clean and can we unite as a country and be like, all right, this kid's a lunatic. He's got to go. Who cares about political stance? What a little scumbag and raised by some monsters, I'm sure. Um, all right, I got more, but that's going to be bumped to next week. I was almost at Kimmel for a day this week. The sketch didn't make it to air, I guess. Well, it didn't even make it to pre-production. But they told me it wouldn't anyway. But I was about to go up. That would have been fun. Um, I keep saying it's going to be back on stage. I've been saying that for a year. It was never fully shut down. i got to tell you. You know, I didn't perform that much. But I still kind of... I'm still not, you know, up every night. Right? Once every two weeks, once every three weeks. It feels good, though. I feel like I've been up now every weekend for the past three or four weekends. And it feels good, and it feels like I'm adding like I never have before. Because sometimes you're performing too much, and you don't want to throw anything new in. Like my relationship, I was with my girl three years, and I never put enough material. I'm like, why am I not writing about this relationship? But I also, she's beautiful, she was young. I didn't want to use that. I didn't want the audience to hate me because I'm like, you're going to hate me if I talk about this girl because, you're one, you're not going to believe it, that we're dating. Two, you're going to despise me for it. So I didn't. I never want to put it, I never want to be bragging about it. That's why I didn't post pictures of us a lot because I didn't want to brag. I didn't, I, that's not why I was in it. I wasn't bragging. I, you know, 
it was a relationship but uh anyway um cruise ship work is supposed to be getting better uh, a lot more acts going out i don't think you need the booster shot so that's good i guess um even though we have conflicting news i'll tell you america <laughs> uh, america the news it's like one news station's not enough we need three different truths it's like we need three one truth isn't enough so we need three different ones uh or three different stations giving us lies which is what i believe which is why i watch none of them i had cnn on at uh the gym today because it's it's what i find the most middle of msnbc cnn and fox cnn skews left of course but it's it's what i can stomach the most and i'm just watching this i'm like this is pure this is pure entertainment i I had to turn it off after a few minutes uh mostly because the workout ended huh um and you know what you shouldn't if you're able to watch the news and listen to a podcast while you're working out it's not a workout so i've got to get off my ass a little bit with these workouts but cnn it's just such theater it's just like the snide looks from all the big three i can't take it um Oh God! Are they gonna f- give make kids get shots age three to eleven? I, yeah, I don't, just don't know if that's. I think kids need to just tolerate that. I'm a little. Yeah, I don't have kids. Not a parent. I don't know a damn thing. Um, I think Newsom wants to put on the ballot. I heard that kids can be sovereign at age eleven if they like, from age eleven to eighteen. I shouldn't say that because I don't know. I got to look at that. But uh, I think eighteen's good. 16, 17, maybe. Can we not lower an age of potential sovereignty to 11? God, what's he doing, man? Worry about L.A. and San Francisco, okay? Worry about the homeless. Worry about that. Because it seems like every other county is doing fine. Uh, Is this it? Am Am I done being a moron, at least with the mic in front of me? Okay, guys, come to a show if you can. Next weekend, I'm at Bray Improv with Steve Byrne on Friday and Sunday. On Saturday, I'll be working a reunion. Thank you. Yes, another <laughs> reunion, man. Um, getting good at it. Two shows Friday, 7.30, 9.45 at the Brea Improv, and then one on Sunday, 7 p.m. And then uh, we have Thanksgiving after that and maybe some shows uh, in, I think I'm going to go to Arizona. I think I'm going to go to Arizona for uh, that week. That'd be fun, even though my mom's coming to San Diego. Uh, okay, I gotta, I've got so much stuff to say, and it uh, looks like it's going to get pushed to next week. But San Diego's great, fun shows, feels good. Feels good to be connecting with people and not just trying to please them, not just trying to use crass jokes, just talking about the truth, making people have a good time, getting them away from the other stimuli out there. Um, right? We're trying to get to the core of the truth, and we're trying to... Um, progress as a species protect our families protect our uh estates protect our finances stuff like that um nobody wants to see the homeless and the suffering and all that stuff so i just keep operating from that platitude uh away from the politics of it away from the uh what the news the entertainment part of it it's gross on both sides both both extremes are disgusting um and when you have to manage people, and that can mean from stage or a company, I just think those people are the most talented because they've had to deal with the most different types of personalities, made them stronger, made them more diplomatic, made them uh, sharper, uh, more tolerant, stronger, tougher. And you're forced to, to learn how to lead or 
as my friend says, you get eaten. You get eaten alive. Okay, this is the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, you get something out of it every week. And it is Sunday night. Um, follow me, Keen of Comedy, on Instagram. I've got a TikTok somewhere that I haven't looked at in months. I, I just don't know if I want to spread myself that thin. You know, the Instagram's enough. YouTube page, Facebook, Twitter, you know, work on the material, comics. Work on the material, the core, right from the inside out, not the outside in. Be a human being, right? All right, I love you. Thank you. We'll see you in a week.